We're going, John. All right. Well, welcome back. This is uh, Acts 101. No, it's Two Beards and a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Acts 101. You're right. It is. Two Beards and a Bible, episode 101, and we're talking yes. about Acts. I get what <laughs> I see what you've done. <laughs> I'm John Swaino. <laughs> and I'm not nearly as clever as John Swaino. I'm Dave Teddy. <laughs> uh, that's about all I got in me. <laughs> but um, we're glad that you joined in if you're listening in. Uh, you know, we're having fun reading we the are. Bible and looking into things of a spiritual nature together. And we hope that you also enjoy uh, listening in and, and that you learn something. I know I learn something every yeah, time I sit down with too. Dave and every time I open up the scriptures. So. Uh, so let's jump right in. We are in Acts 2. Oh, yeah. And this is an exciting one because... Oh, it is. You know, this is where the church begins. Yep. This is... Uh, there, there's just a whole lot to talk yep. about right here in Acts 2. Yep. This is the first recorded sermon, and mm -hmm. really the first sermon that was ever given. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this and is it, just awesome. It's the one that I think you know, every preacher holds himself up to yep. when we get into this and understand how many people responded to that message. Yeah. You know, it's one that that uh, is just astounding. It is, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to read uh, 1 through 13 in my old King James Version. We'll see how this goes. I may come across some words I can't pronounce, but it <laughs> thou, happens. Thou go ahead. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yes. uh, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was a well, so for, for, what, what is that? <laughs> that was a uh, a uh, a day celebrated in yeah. the Jewish religion. Yep, and it was and it was fifty days after the Passover, correct. I believe. Yeah, but it's five penta. So. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. There's that old joke about the apostles in the Honda, right? right. They were right. all in one accord. <laughs> and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this noised abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear every man in our own language. Therefore, wherein we were... Okay, and, and how we hear every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus in Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia in Egypt, and in parts of Libya, about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? 
Others mocked and said, these men are full of new wine. <laughs> we'll stop there. All right. All right. So I guess the first thing we need to talk about is this Russian wind, this sound. And yeah. we're not talking about the Russian wind. Right. Like <laughs> that blows into Ukraine. Right. <laughs> this is a rushing wind. So this is the Holy Spirit baptism. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is Jesus said that he was going to send a helper. And then in Acts chapter 1, uh, it says that that the, the Holy Ghost, they're going to be baptized by the Holy Ghost, that and they're going to receive power. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then here in Acts chapter 2, we see that fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So we see a, pro- a, a promise made and a promise fulfilled, or, you know. Right. And this is, just to point out, this is different than what we see when people today claim that they've been overcome by the Holy Spirit and are speaking in tongues. Yeah. And and the difference is, is just, just what confounded these people was that, you know, everyone could hear in their own language. And, and today, uh, when these things happen, it happens, uh, I don't know if you ever, have you ever been in an assembly of people that (laughs) believe they were speaking in tongues? I have not, but I've heard about it. It, It's something to behold. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of, it's almost creepy. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, the, 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 the noise that is just unintelligible and uh, in many cases, uh, you know, the people that are making the noise don't even understand what they're saying themselves, you know, so it's, uh, it really is, uh, this is something that is confined to this group of people and, uh, and that's it. I I got in a conversation one time with two other brethren whom, you know, Mm -hmm. one of them you're related to (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and we were talking about this very thing and, and. These two other brethren said that, you know, that when the apostles spoke in tongues, that it was the, it was the hearers that were affected, not the apostles. That the mm. hearers, and, and when you read this, it does, that's not what it says. Yeah. So the, the, That's the, one of those things that probably just doesn't matter, a detail. No, it you doesn't know, matter. It, because regardless, the people that were there, they all understood. They all understood. Mm-hmm. But the, the gift of speaking other language was given to the apostles, not yeah. to the people that heard them. Yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's the point I would make. And on that point, you know, I want everyone to open up their Bibles and take out a pen, a red pen, in the yep. case of, of uh, you teach, teaching me and giving me a, an acid-free red pen. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, in, uh, in Acts chapter 1 at verse 26... It says, and they and they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Circle the word apostles, and then draw a line forward to verse four, because it continues. And remember that the the verse uh, the verse numbers and the and the uh, chapter numbers were added by man. This was yep. all one letter, and so it continues right through in context. And in ver- in verse four of chapter two, it says, and they. Who is the they? And the they points directly back in context to verse 26. It's it was the, the apostles. apostles. Yes. And uh, so that's who received these things. Yeah. And so it's not just a general group of people, and it certainly doesn't apply to us in the same way. Right. Absolutely. 
Yeah, the they is the apostles. The apostles heard, they, they were filled with, they spoke, it says that they spoke with other tongues mm -hmm. as the Spirit. That indicates that they were the ones that had the gift. They were, they were speaking, when he says different tongues, he's just talking about different languages. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So there's 11 people, there were 12 people there, and they're speaking in 12, probably 12 different languages. Mm -hmm. And that's why the people that were amazed, they said, Behold, are not these all which speak Galileans? Aren't these fellers down from West Virginia? <laughs> right. <laughs> why are they? Why, why, why can we understand them? Right. Right. We're from Ohio. We can't understand West Virginia people. Right. right. No. <laughs> well, you know, most of us came from West Virginia anyway. <laughs> That's so. true. So, but, but, you know, they, they knew that these men were, were not from the country that they, they weren't, um, Medes like some yeah. of these were, they weren't, um, uh, from Cappadocia like some of these. Yeah. But, but these men who were from Galileans were speaking in those other languages. Right. And this, you know, certainly is, you know, with power. And and these people being amazed. I don't know that the the words that we read in verse 7 and they were all amazed and marveled. I don't know if those words do justice to what they must have been feeling. Oh. Imagine yeah. standing there and experiencing this. It would be sensory overload. Oh yeah. Not to mention <laughs> like all of this noise that happened. Yeah, you know, it's it said it said suddenly it came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were. I mean, yeah. this this was a miraculous, crazy thing that happened. Yeah, and then all of these people are speaking all these different languages. Um, it says that they were all amazed. Yeah. But, yeah. but what they attributed this to was different. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so some of them thought, oh, it's the wonderful works of God. Mm -hmm. But uh, some of them thought these fellows were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, you know, in, in the moment, that kind of thinking might make sense. But when you just stop and think about it for a moment, the fact that it's an intelligible yeah. uh, speech, that, that doesn't line up with the idea of of it being a drunken right. a drunken now, now if if i'm let's say i am i'm a mead and i hear one fella speaking and i can understand but i hear all these other people speaking crazy things i might then i might i could see how maybe they might think that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're like there's something wrong with these i can't this is just like chaos right right so i guess i can see why maybe some of them yeah might have well, like, you know, in, in the in the moment, you know, which one of us hasn't experienced a time where in the moment of some, you know, uh, situation that overwhelms us yeah. that, that we don't that we don't think as clearly as as we would at another time. Right. Absolutely. So it's understanding that the confusion is understood, but that confusion is soon to be cleared up. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, we got Peter's sermon here, which goes all the way to verse 41. So mm -hmm. why don't you read for a while, and when you feel like a good place to stop, you stop. Okay. So uh, verse 14 in Acts 2, it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. What time was that? 
Oh, you're going to have to help me. Nine o'clock. Oh, there it is. Nine a.m. Yep, nine a.m. You're right. It's right here. (laughs) (laughs) My notes. But anyways, I'm bad at math. Uh, But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it came... And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and crucified and put to death. So we'll stop there for just a moment. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, is the explanation comes there in verse in verse uh, fifteen? These are not drunk as you suppose, and and given that that hour of the day, although you know, I suppose customarily it's not normal for a person to be drunk by 9 a.m. Not, not usually. Unfortunately, I've seen that. Before. Yeah, I have too. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, you know, nonetheless, uh, it is, uh, he's telling these people, telling this group that, you know, th- this is not the case. These people yeah. are not drunk. And it's starting to sink in. Yeah. And he speaks to them about the words of the prophet. Yeah. And, uh, and that's something that each one of these uh, people would understand. Yeah. And and it would make sense to them and say, okay, I see this. This is this is how this has lined up. And it and this is the gears are starting to turn yeah. in the minds of the people. The other thing I like here says is it shall come to pass in the last days. Mm-hmm. That's when we're living right now. Right. It's the last days. And right. this is when it started. Exactly. There's yeah. not gonna be any further um Jesus isn't gonna, you know, have some further revelation for us. There are many teachings out there that that teach of a different time when the kingdom of of God was established. Yeah, and uh, they they speak of you know the last days being even yet to come. Right, and uh, all kinds of twisting of the scriptures, and and it's important for each one of us as we study to show ourselves approved as we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, we need to look on these things and and make sure that we're being told the truth. Yes. And it doesn't matter if it's you or I that is speaking to somebody. I I know you want them to, as, as I do as well, want them to look in the scriptures to see if I'm telling the truth. Because I, you know, this idea, this belief in Christ that, that these, that many people are soon to have as we, as we work through Acts 2, um, you know, th- this, this had to happen individually with each person that belief had to come. Yes. It, it, it's not just, uh, you know, following a group. You know, in <clears throat> in the the instance that I spoke of, where I was in a in a group of people that uh, quote unquote were speaking in tongues, it was on a college uh, a college professor had sent my psychology class uh, to study the the workings of a group and how a one leader can lead a group of people down a path and they'll just kind of follow. Yeah. And, and that was one of those situations. And uh, this is not 
the case here. You know, no. it, these each each of these individuals are uh, coming to the knowledge of who Christ is. Yes, it's it, he he says these last days, and then he he details all of these things that are going to happen in the last days about people that are going to prophesy, um, that he's going to pour out his spirit on certain people, that he's going to show wonders. He's going to turn the sun into darkness. And remember, when Jesus was crucified, mm -hmm. the sun was eclipsed for, I think, three hours. It was mm -hmm. dark. Uh, he turns into blue moon in the blood. That the, Before that great notable day of the Lord can come, he says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, that's an interesting thing, and we're going to come back to that. Yeah. Because if if that's how you're, we're going to be saved, we want to know how to do that. Yeah. And that, that same verbiage is used later. In, yes, uh, it is. It says, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord, I want to know how that's done. Mm -hmm. That's important. Right. Because I want to be saved. Right? Right. So I'm, we'll, we'll come back to that later. So where did we stop? Oh, uh, that was, uh, I left off at the end of verse 23. Okay, so I'll read 24 for a little bit. Mm -hmm. It says, When God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it, for David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad, Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. So we'll stop there talk about those two things. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, I, I, don't, I don't know if you have that written down where that comes from. Um, so, so this is obviously probably one of the Psalms. Yeah. It says, for David speaketh. So all of those things I read was probably one of the Psalms. Psalm 16. <coughs> Psalm 16. 8 so, through 11. Yeah, so Peter's quoting this song, and he talks about, um, uh, um, it's just basically prophesying about about Jesus. He says his heart was glad and his tongue was glad. Um, his flesh shall rest in hope, because because now he will not leave my soul in hell. Um, and he says I won't suffer thy holy one to see corruption. And I think that that's just talking about Jesus being um, dead and then being brought back to life. Mm -hmm. um, and then he says made known to me the the ways of life. You right. Know, so the, so the plan of salvation and full of joy with thy countenance or, or I, countenance would be like face or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it, in Psalm 16 at um, uh, verse 10, it says, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. And then when we come over here uh, to what you just read in verse 27, it's, uh, of Acts 2, it says, For you will not leave my soul in Hades. And in your uh, translation, it said hell. It does. And there's a lot of confusion. Watch your mouth, John. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of confusion about, uh, about that terminology. Yeah. And, you know, Sheol was, you know, the place of, uh, of, of comfort of paradise, you yeah. know, for uh, Abraham's bosom. Also yeah. uh, being 
uh, spoken of. And when we when we look at you know the New King James, I think does a better job when it speaks of Hades, uh, and people are confused about that equating that with hell. Yeah. But Hades is the the realm in which people go when they die. Yeah. And uh, you know hell and heaven, those are those are waiting and, and they're not the populated yet. Yeah. You know, besides God sitting at the right hand of the Father, or the, Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father uh, in heaven at this point. But, uh, you know, Hades is just that place where people go. It's that place of comfort. It's the paradise is when Jesus uh, told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. That's what he was speaking yeah. of. And uh, so if you, if you study out, and maybe in one of the future episodes we can study, you know, what happens to us when we die. Yeah. Because there's a lot of confusion over that, but it's not hell. You right. Know, uh, that, that, was, uh, that was definitely, uh, you know, Christ did not go to hell when he, when he uh, died right. on the cross. He, right. he went to a place of waiting and, and, and was brought back. Yeah. Why don't you start at 29 there? Okay. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. I better stop yeah, right there. Yeah, I think that's, talk, the, that's the place to stop. Talk about that. So, so Peter's now explaining that uh, psalm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, you know, um, it's often said that the Bible is its own best commentary. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good example of that. So, so Peter goes through and he 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 gives this explanation of what that meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he and he, I think he does a pretty thorough job of that. I'm not sure what I can add to that. Right. Um, but you know, he he just kind of kind of explains that you know that Jesus had to come and that that he had to uh, uh, um, he was of the seed of David, mm-hmm. and he um, he and if you follow the genealogy of Christ, you can see that. Yeah. And and. He now, you know, David was the king of God's people, the Jews, and Jesus is the king of God's people, which would mean all followers of Christ mm-hmm. and all that came before him. Right. You know, and we see we see there some, uh, if you look at verse 30, it begins with, therefore. And verse 33, yes. we got more therefores. Yep. And then verse 36 Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Yeah. He's just laid it right out there, and he's yeah. left them with this, with this uh, cutting statement, if you will, yes. to allude to the next verse. Yeah, and he says, whom you crucified. Yeah, right? yeah, and, and that's, you know, 
you realize when we when we sin, you know, much the much the same as what what the the uh, Lord's people did to him, what Israel did to their uh, Lord and Christ. You know, when when we sin, you know, it's incumbent upon us to to take that and understand that it's us that did that. Yes. Nobody made us do that. Nobody, the devil made me do it. Right. John. Right. No, <laughs> nobody made these people do that. Right. You know, they had the wherewithal, the ability. You know, we've just seen this passage of scripture, which kind of lays it all out. They had this. Yes. And they're right. They knew this. Yep. And they could have seen it for themselves if their eyes had been open, but they they chose not to. Yep. And and it's the same. You know, we we have to think the same way. We have to realize that it's that it's us. Yeah. That is causing us this that is uh, committing the sin. Verse thirty-seven. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, he's asking them the same thing. When Jesus said that those who call on the Lord will be saved, these people are saying, okay, how do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they heard him say that. They're like, what should we do? Right. It, it has to be more than just calling on the name of the Lord because then they would, if, if, if that was all there was, then right. they wouldn't ask this question. Right, right, right. It wouldn't right. make and, any sense. And the the the, the scripture that, is that follow wouldn't have happened if, right. it, if it was just a matter of belief, because that cut to the heart or pricked to the heart, as the King James puts it. That's when they believed. Yes. You know, that that's when they're like, uh oh. Yes. <laughs> they believed. Yeah. Now what do we do? Right. There's more to the story. Verse thirty-eight. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, why? For the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's mm -hmm. the gift of the Holy Spirit? Salvation. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. That's what the gift is. Yeah. Now, you know, there are the, the Holy Spirit uh, has gifted different things. You know, in, in one, you know, we have the, the, the miraculous gifts that were applied to the apostles and, and some of these people that had the apostles lay hands on them also received maybe some miraculous gifts yes. as well. But the gift that we're speaking of here is... For all. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it says there in verse 39, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That's how we know it's not yeah. that miraculous gift that, yeah. that, that many people will confuse that with. He says, for as many as our Lord will call. Does that mean that God's only going to call certain people? Well, the call has to be made. But yeah, how many is that? 144,000? Yeah. <laughs> God's made the call. Are you going to pick up the phone? Right. Right? Yeah. You know, we sing a song uh, at the end of uh, services sometimes, you know, as an invitation song, God Calling Yet. Yeah, I knew you were going to say yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. God calling yet, yeah, will, he's still will you calling. not hear? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not certain people. He's calling everybody. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and anybody who responds can partake of that promise. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are, all that are afar off. Right. Not some, right. but all. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Right. Would you respond? Yeah. Right. I yeah. That's that. the. Absolutely. 
So go go ahead and uh, I'm going to chase a rabbit here. Okay. And uh, and you go ahead and you want me to read the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was your rabbit? You wanted well, to chase? Well, I was just. Uh, it's not the one I was thinking of. Never mind. Okay. So verse forty, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, "Save yourselves from this." untoward generation. I think I always heard it as perverse generation. What's your say? Uh, perverse. Mm-hmm. Perverse generation. Yeah, I got a little, let's see if I have a note here. Uh, 240. Uh, nope. Okay. Then they that gladly received his word. Crooked. Yes. Crooked. Crooked generation. From this crooked <laughs> generation. Okay. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So, you know, when we talk about why why people need to be baptized, for one thing, Jesus in the Great Commission said that we needed to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, for another thing, Peter here in the first sermon reiterates that point. Yeah. And he gives the reason we're supposed to be baptized, and and. And it's that point that our sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. It's in baptism yeah. that we receive remission of our sins. That's that's exactly what he's saying here. Right. So. Absolutely. And, and it's that, you know, just thinking of the, the symbolism, if you will, you know, yeah. the burial, the yeah. burial in baptism, it, the, the old man of sin being yeah. buried, yeah. and then you're brought up to walk in that newness of life. I mean, that that is... Uh, uh, it just makes sense. There's a hundred and three verses in the New Testament that mention baptism. Mm-hmm. If I told you something a hundred and three times, if I talked about <laughs> something a hundred and three times, you would think I'd be somewhat important. I'm trying to make some point about it. Right. And um, there's lots of other, I mean, so there's over a hundred other verses that, that talk about this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we're not going to ex- exhaust all of those in this episode. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and this, um, you know, verse 40 indicates that saving, there's a saving that has to take place. Yeah. And, and that, you know, just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean we should follow it. That perverse generation, yes. that untoward generation, crooked generation, you know, that, that's speaking of mankind. And the same is true today. Absolutely. You know, when, when you look at... You look at the numbers of people. If you're judging the the uh, the worth of perhaps a religious body, and you're doing it by the number of people that are in attendance, that's the wrong metric. Oh yeah. Because you know it has been even from you know even back here in this first time, even though there were three thousand souls that were saved, there were many many more that weren't. Yeah. You know, many many more that chose not to be a part of this. Of this group, some of them in the in, in the after this, uh, still more and more people listened. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know the the thing I mentioned a little bit ago in verse forty one, that idea of of three thousand about three thousand souls being uh, added to the Lord's church at that point in time, you know that's something that you know as a as a preacher, it you seems know, you're, you're happy when you get one, yeah, that that, that, that uh, comes to the knowledge of truth. And it's such a joyous occasion, and we know that the angels rejoice when even one uh, is obedient to the gospel. But 3,000, that's just, oh. imagine that. He says, uh, and they continued steadfastly 
in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. And mm-hmm. and that that I think lets us know that you know this idea is you you can't just walk away from it. Right. A lot of people think though, oh, I'm going to do what's right and then I'm going to be done. I, yeah. It, it's a you know when you get to that word of fellowship, it and it brings about the idea of it's a, it's a joint participation. Yeah. Do I have to go to church? Yes. Right. Yes, you do. Right. Yeah, and it's <laughs> you know just just like I often say, you know, I, to my children, you know, you, you live in my house, you're going to go to church. You have right. to, you know, it, it's going to. It's just the way that it is. But more than that, I want I want them to want to. It's yeah. it's a fruit of, uh, it's really a fruit of repentance. Yeah, you know, if you're truly serious about this thing, then uh, you have to continue, just like they did, and they they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And what's that? That's teaching the apostles' yeah. teaching, and it's yeah. the same thing that we have here. Yeah, you know, they they didn't have all of it right at that point in time, so they had to adhere to what the apostles were teaching. But, you know, we're in a better place even oh, yet because yeah. we have it all. Yeah, right absolutely. Here. A friend of mine uh, was telling me a story about somebody came up to him and said, well, you know, do I have to come to church Wednesday night? And he said, well, that's the wrong question. Yeah. He says, do you want to? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I used to be of the opinion uh, that, you know, I can't find it in the scriptures where it says I have to show up on Sunday evening. right. You know, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to, uh, you know, show up to partake of the Lord's Supper and to and to be in worship and to do yeah. those acts of worship which are commanded on the first day of the week. And I've done that, so yeah. I, I'm done. Yeah. You know, it, it, but that's so shallow. It is, and you're you're just it, missing the point. You're not continuing steadfastly right. when you're doing that. Right. And uh, you know, I mean, I would consider myself. I, I hope to, that I'm a strong Christian. Mm-hmm. I hope that I am, right? Right. But and and I and I think other people probably think that I probably am. And I and I'm just saying I need I need to go to church three or four times a week, and I need to come here and study with you. I right. need that. Right. You know, it, it, it's something we need. I you know, even people who other people would say, "Oh, you're strong." No, I need that because I'm not that strong, actually. Right. You know, I need encouragement. Yeah, and that's you know one of the things that that I think so many people miss is the the idea that we can build each other up yeah. and that we become stronger one to another. They, if we look at attending church services as just punching our time card, yeah, you know, until uh, until the Lord comes again, you know, just okay, yeah, I was there. Uh, you know, that's the whole. You're missing the whole point. You're missing the whole point. That, that's not what the Lord desired of His people. Yep. Uh, it was never, it was never about that. It wasn't about just putting in the time. It was uh, being willing to to follow Him. You know, yes. you, as His, as the apostles, as He chose the twelve. You know, they had to leave behind those things that that uh, consumed them yep. before. Yep. He says, and fear came upon us, upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things in common. And it just lets us know uh, how the early Christians behaved and how we ought to behave ourselves. Yeah, and if you think about that statement and think about the history 
think about who these people are and think about what they've just done. You know, they've, they've put on Christ, they've gone against perhaps their whole family. Yeah. Uh, they've gone against everything that they've known. Uh, these people are identified by their, uh, by being Israel, yep. by being Jews. And so they have, um, uh, they've left a lot behind. And yep. so and by them... a support group. Right. So having all things in common makes sense yep. because, because they would have needed to band together to yep. make it through the next period of time. Absolutely. Yeah. John, we're going to go ahead and miss this 36 minutes. It's got to oh, be well, close to a record. A lot of things getting, in Acts We're just getting two. into it. Yeah, a lot well, of things. Well, next time. We'll, we'll have some fun next time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining in. It's been Two Beards and a Bible. Uh, join us again.